Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast, where today we're going to talk about a couple of cliches as they relate to photography. I am your host, Daniel Gregory, and this is episode 417 of the Perceptive Photographer Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Really do appreciate you listening. Don't forget, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about printing and how to use that inkjet printer at home to make wonderful, stellar, amazing photographs, there's still just a few spots left in my April 1st and April 8th. That's a two-Saturday workshop from 11 to 2 Pacific time online. I'll be covering the nuts and bolts of printing. So if you're interested, head on up to my website under the Workshops and Education tab. You'll find the sign-up and registration and more information about that workshop. And if you're local and up here in the Pacific Northwest and want to hit a few days of Lightroom training, April 5th, 12th, and 19th at the Front Room in Bayview Corner on Whidbey Island, I'll be teaching a Lightroom class those days. So feel free to reach out to me if you want details about that. All right, today I wanted to talk about a couple of cliches that are common, you know, common phrases, cliches that we hear all the time, but how they relate to photography, because I think sometimes a cliche is a bad thing. And other times I think cliches work. And in photography, there's a lot of cliche type photographs. There's actually whole Instagram accounts dedicated to the cliches of Instagram and the same photos we see and the same repetition of imagery that we see all the time with a cliche. But the interesting thing about a cliche is they're oftentimes rooted in a, a little nugget of truth. And while it's easy to overuse the cliche, I do think there's certain wisdom, like I said, that comes from the cliches. And there's a couple of of cliches that I wanted to talk about today that I do think are sort of relevant to creating more meaningful work and having a deeper insight and different relationship to your photography. The first one is that Rome wasn't built in a day. And I'm sure there's somebody who's figured out exactly how many days it took to build Rome. I am not one of those people, nor did I care to spend that time on the rabbit hole of the internet of how many days it took to build Rome. But the idea behind that cliche is that things that are significant, things that are big, take time. It's not something that just instantaneously happens. And a lot of times in our photography and a lot of times in working with our photographs, we have this kind of over compulsion to have an instant gratification, an instant response, an instant happening within our photography. And the reality is to get good at photography, to get good at processing, to get good at editing, to get good at speaking about our photography takes practice and it takes time. And so while Rome wasn't built in a day, becoming a good photographer isn't something that just happens overnight. It comes from the work that we put in. It comes from the effort that we put in. And part of that time is spent learning skills that we may or may not ultimately need. You know, not every part of Rome that got built survived. Some of it had to get torn down. Some of it had to get put back up. And our photography is a little bit like that. We need to recognize that a lot of the value of the experience is recognizing that it will take time and that having a plan, having a goal in mind, having a set of goals in mind that we're working towards continues to help us improve, continues to challenge us in new ways to making sure that we ultimately become the type of photography we want to be. The second cliche is don't judge a book by its cover. And this one goes back to sort of the art of critique um, that I like to talk about, the method I'd like to talk about in critique. And that so many times we make a snap judgment about a photograph. We look at the image and we decide right away whether we like the image or we don't like the image. And then once that decision is made, we never really spend time looking insightfully or deeply into that photograph. We don't think about how well is the photograph composed? How well does it speak to us? What is it about it that is interesting that we like? What is it about that we don't like? Once that initial decision is made, that judging the book by its cover, we don't spend any time looking at the content of that book. 
And so part of the experience of becoming better as photographers and becoming a better photographer is to spend time looking at work and understanding on a, on a deeper level than just a visceral gut reaction to what you like or don't like, but really rather looking at the photography for what sort of insight do we gain about the photographer and the work. And that deeper dive into that photography and into that photograph will make a huge difference in paying out dividends in your understanding of your own work in a more meaningful way, the work of others in a more meaningful way, and then how that other work can then become an influence to you in the way you compose and create your own images. Along the lines of don't judge a book by a cover is I think probably the most important cliche of, the, of all of them. I put it in the middle instead of saving it for the end or putting it first. I put it in the middle. So if you're judging the book by the cover, you got to read into it a little bit. But that is that you can't please everyone. And I think this is probably one of the hardest parts to get over in learning to become a photographer and in having your work evaluated and critiqued is that not everybody is going to like your photography. There's times you're going to take photographs of your own that you're not going to like. But we can't make a photograph that makes every single person who looks at it happy or learn something or feel something or feel what we want them to feel. There is no pleasing everybody because we all bring unique experiences. We all bring unique insights. We all bring unique possibilities to looking at the photograph. And it's one of the reasons why sharing photography is so powerful is we get to see and hear about the insights of other people if they're willing to take those steps to not judge the book by the cover and give us feedback and give us responses. Even if it's a photograph that is not pleasing to them, we can get a powerful insight into how we are creating and processing and internally processing between our ears our own images. And so there's a lot of opportunity there if we recognize that at the end of the day, what really matters is am I creating photographs that are meaningful and speak well to my sensibility and the things that matter to me and the way I'm sharing them matters to me and then allow for a broader conversation about how well that works. Again, not do you like the photograph, but is the photograph having an impact? Is it having a meaning? Is it driving a deeper conversation within yourself first and then potentially with others? And that really becomes the hallmark of really good photography is it allows us to have a deeper insight as creators of those photographs. We learn something about ourselves through the making and establishment of that work. So by giving up the a goal of trying to make the most pleasing photograph possible, which by the way, oftentimes involves a huge series of cliches of the railroad track, guitar on their back, walking down in the rain, a pickup truck, all these different pieces that come down to what makes the cliche of the perfect cover of a country western album say, we end up with a less than compelling photograph driven by nothing but the cliche in the attempt to please everyone. And in the end, we recognize that a lot of people don't like cliches and we end up right back where we started. So letting go of that notion of pleasing everybody, I think is really important. Fourth one is good things come to those who wait. And this was probably one of the hardest things and hardest lessons for me to learn as a photographer was that photography wasn't so much about just wandering around and these amazing things in life happen. There are times when that happens where there's serendipity moments and you step out of a car and bam, right there is the coolest photograph you're going to make of the entire day or entire week. But other times it involves patience. It involves planning ahead of time. It involves getting to a location and having to wait a little bit 
You know, if you're doing wildlife, you may wait for hours waiting for the wildlife to show up. If you're doing street photography, it may take a while for something interesting to walk by the cafe that you're sitting at waiting to take a photograph. There's a patience that comes with our photography. There comes a patience in seeing. And if we are willing to wait until we actually see something interesting to photograph, we end up with much more interesting photographs than just photographing our initial reaction. We walk up into a space, we see, oh, that's kind of interesting. We make a click and we walk away. We don't even stand there and wait long enough to think about what was it that was interesting about that space? Was it the line, the geometry, the shape, a gesture somebody was making? Was it the color? What was it that actually made that scene interesting? And so by waiting around a little bit, by thinking a little bit, by processing our emotions and feelings and thoughts about the scene that we're about to photograph, we can create much more compelling photographs and much more interesting photographs. And again, there's serendipity sometimes. Like I said, you step out of the car and bang, you got the photograph. But a lot of times there's a patience that's involved with seeing what it is that you're going to photograph. I also think there comes a time too when we're planning trips and we're thinking about going somewhere that sometimes waiting and having a longing to go to a place we haven't been before, it sort of sweetens the experience when we get there. That the waiting instead of the instant satisfaction of just going someplace we get to sort of build up in our head and our experience and our, our thoughts a story and a narrative about what it's going to be like to be in that place. And as long as we remain flexible and not tied down to that's the only possible experience, I think it can create a much more interesting experience by having waited to take that trip or waited to go out and make that photograph. Because we've had some more time to think deeply and meaningfully about what is it about a place or time that might be compelling. And the last cliche is. One that I heard all the time when I was uh, used to work at a, a few places and people would come in, they're like, oh, I'm just mailing it, mailing it in today. And so the cliche is the mailing it in. And I found that interesting because mailing it in, in that context was always really negative. It was, oh, I'm showing up to work and I'm just not feeling really well today. So I'm just going to kind of sit here and look like I'm working. I'm mailing in the effort today. You know, the check got lost in the mail, but I'm here and it's okay. But on the positive side of that, I think one of the things that mailing it in did was, of course, they were too lazy to take a vacation day or a sick day, so they showed up for work. But while they're at work, even though they're just quote-unquote mailing it in, emails are showing up, people by are stopping by to ask questions. So there's actually some work going on. And I think in photography, my analogy that goes with mailing it in is picking up that camera and going out and making photographs. That part of mailing it in as a photographer is picking up the camera and going and making some photographs. They might be horrible photographs, bad photographs, or maybe you just carry your camera around for the day, but you don't take any photographs. You just throw the camera over the shoulder, you walk through town, and you don't take any photographs, so you were quote-unquote mailing it in. But the reality is you picked up that camera. You took that camera out. Now, you may not have made a photograph that day, but you set out with, on some level, the purpose and intention of having that photograph be possible because you had your camera with you. And to me, that's the value of mailing it in as a photographer. If you're going to mail it in, and every time you take your camera, and every time you take a couple of dumb photographs, you always have the camera with you, and you're always trying to see something to take with that camera. You're trying to see interesting photographs, interesting images, interesting compositions. 
because that camera is the subtle reminder of that experience. And so to me as a photographer, if you're going to mail it in and you're mailing it in by carrying around a camera, there's nothing wrong with that because that is a step in the right direction, making more interesting work. So those are kind of five of the big cliches I've been thinking about how they kind of apply to photography and how we can take what is a usually a negative cliche and spin it into a positive as we approach the things we're thinking about with our photographs. So whether you're recognizing within those that you're a Roman a day person or a book by its cover or you're mailing it in, whatever it is, hopefully one of those cliches resonated with you in a way that helps you think about approaching your photography and your photographs in a much more interesting way. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. I really do appreciate it. If you like the podcast and want to stay up on all the latest episodes, hit that subscribe button. If you want to help other people find the podcast, a review up there on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen to podcasts does help people identify and connect with the podcast. So I really do appreciate that if you've done that and have a great week and I'll see you next time.